forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? <laughs> well... Hey everyone, welcome to Forgive Me, Father, a podcast where we discuss how certain aspects of life and a walk with God go together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help you, the listener, understand others more and create conversations, no matter what you've experienced or believe. Have you ever, speaking of Avatar, because why not, <laughs> have you ever like taken like a quiz to figure out like what bender you would be? Or like, do you know, based upon your personality, what kind of bender you yes. would be? Yes. So I've, I've taken many quizzes and they all turn out to be water bending. Um, and I've also seen that little hands diagram and I'm like, yeah, my hands are like very small and slender. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be an earthbender though. That just seems way cooler. Um, but I guess I'm water. I feel like, see, I'm on the opposite end. So where that episode where Katara is able to sweat and then she uses that to, to break out of the jail. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's the one. Like I want to be a waterbender. And I think I told everybody that I was a waterbender, even though everybody told me that I was a firebender because Mm. I just, just my personality, I guess, uh, I used to be a lot louder, a lot more boisterous. You know, we were the same <laughs> campus ministry yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I took a bunch of, I think I took 10 different quizzes and the majority of them were actually earthbender. Really? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have the earthbender build. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they're a little more like, grr, you know, um, that is how I would define myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, I definitely feel like, earthbender vibes and now that mm-hmm. i think about it honestly waterbending is pretty cool because then you can blood bend and honestly i have no problem with doing that like <laughs> <laughs> that like i'm what is it my uh moral thing i'm chaotic moral good, probably oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah that yeah like D stuff yeah okay so chaotic good i feel like is blood bending i don't feel like it's evil Mm, I guess it just depends on how you use it. Because what is her name? Hama originally used it to get out of the prison, but then she yeah. used it for revenge. So, I mean, there's two sides yeah. to every coin. It just depends on how you use it. Right, right. I wouldn't use it like she did, but like mm-hmm. only when I really have to. Mm-hmm. Like a customer's just like being really annoying and you're like, okay, well, and you just like start blood bending <laughs> and you like make them Turn walk around. out of the store. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> We're done here. Yeah. Exactly. Go annoy somebody at Abercrombie and Fitch. Go complain about the loud <laughs> noises and the and the very the smells. Is, the smell. I was about to say the loud smell, but I was like, that's not right. <laughs> there are loud smells out there though. That's that's how I would describe that store. It is very loud noises and loud smells. Yeah. Me too. And dark. Can't see. Yeah, exactly. Where they where they lack in light, they make up for in the smells and the audio. Exactly. Yep. Man, I haven't <laughs> been there in forever. I never, so I, I never thought I was cool enough to go in there. Uh, yeah, same. So I just never did. I was like, oh, there's like 16 year olds with like six packs on those posters. I can't be in there. And then right? as I got older, I was like, oh, they're all white too. Like, I don't know if I'd want to support. Exactly. <laughs> this kind of and store. everything runs really small. It's just it ridiculous. Does. I'm like, I can't be in here. 
Also, mm-hmm. do you remember when they would have the models stand outside the store? Yes, I do. And they would just literally like just the stand shirtless there for guys. hours. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. That, ew. <laughs> yeah. I remember walking on the opposite side of the mall, you know, like the mall lanes, just to avoid mm-hmm. like being, even risking direct eye contact with some like six foot four chiseled, you know, Burnett white boy as yep. I'm walking with my bag of to-go Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a big mood. But I just remember just lo- loving those waffle fries as a kid, but then I'd like have my mouth full of waffle fries and then I'd see, you know, this dude who looked like a Greek god, but with the fakest tan of them all. Honestly. And then I'd just be like, cool, that's, that's why I don't go in there. yes yes felt that goodness Uh, all right well you ready you ready to start this podcast yeah let's start this podcast let's do it let's go i like realize that i'm doing a lot of hand motions as i said that oh my gosh same i did that too (laughs) like the uh like the power rangers when they like mighty morph into stuff and they have that weird choreography (laughs) yeah that's what i'm doing right now or like you know like the air bending they're just like whoosh 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 yes Yep, that's how I'm talking. <laughs> yep, and I realize that none of the listeners, and even you now, like, can't see it. Today, we are talking about body image and the insecurities, the victories that come along with that, and how a walk with God and church culture has an effect on, on how we view our bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, I have with me in the confession booth, Olivia Figalo. Thank Woo! you so much for being on. You are welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I've taken time out of my very busy day. The peasants, they've called for me throughout this podcast. <laughs> and now Olivia is here to bless us with her with her presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be great. I think this is a topic that everybody deals with, but I feel like it's something that is not easy to talk about. Right. So really excited to dig into it. But so Olivia and I know each other. We were in the same campus ministry. We were part of the same family of churches for quite some time. Yeah. Olivia, why don't you just share a little bit, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your religious background, um, just Mm -hmm. so the listeners can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like John said, my name is Olivia and I'm from Virginia. Um, I love art and I love coffee and music and just I'm a big fan of living my best life. I did grow up going to church with my mother and all the way up until adulthood. So I don't go to church anymore, but I do consider myself a spiritual person. I was super heavily into practicing Christianity intensely in my college years. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's affected a lot of how I view the world today um, and view myself. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like Christianity has a lot of great, whether you follow it or not, or, you know, like you used to follow it, whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh, like us, someone who people who consider ourselves spiritual and who have grown up in a church, it really does have a lot of great values that you can carry on into Mm -hmm. the rest of your life or outside of church culture, whether it's like making or helping others feel accepted or loved, or even just the aspect Mm -hmm. of you know, listening to people, I think is really helpful. 
Yeah, definitely. But today we're going to be talking about is body image and kind of how church culture can affect it for better or for worse. So Livy, if you wouldn't mind, what is, what is kind of like, I guess like your background or your familiarity with body image? Yeah. So throughout my, my years at church, I feel like they have definitely affected how I view myself. I think a lot of people confuse body image with only being about one's weight or, or like being fat or being skinny or whatever. Um, but the actual definition is your mental image of your own body. So it's just mm. your body as a whole. And it doesn't have to be about weight. For me, however, I did struggle with an eating disorder through high school. Um, definitely not anyone's fault. Just kind of, you know, stuff happens. Um, <laughs> and something that I went through. So yeah, that was definitely, I definitely had a very um, harsh view of myself in my younger years. And de- and yeah, and then church just with like how they taught modesty, I feel like is what made me hyper-focus even more on myself as well. Yeah. Did, so you said it's always just kind of been something that you struggled with. Was there like a certain, do you have a certain memory that comes to mind where, or maybe like memories or a certain topic of, of your past where you started to realize that, that you don't maybe view yourself in the best way or like the best light? Um, yeah, I feel like that mindset kind of did start in church. Just when I got to my teen ministry, it was like made a big deal for girls to be super modest, be careful with what you wear, um, who you're around even, and just being extra aware of like men, especially. So like, I just felt like I always had to like watch myself. I always had to hide myself. I couldn't express um, myself through like fashion like I wanted to. Yeah. And I was just always worried about like, oh my God, men are looking at me. Uh, I'm being objectified like all the time. Cause it was, you know, it was made about like, oh, sex and lust and all of these things. Um, and that just had me like super hyper focused on like certain parts of my body that were like more notice- noticeable than others. And I felt like with that, that hyper focus on all of that, it just made me, I don't know, I don't know, through high school, I don't know what happened exactly, but I was just like, uh-uh, I need to just make <laughs> myself into nothing, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, modesty is really tough because obviously in a church culture, you don't want people to stumble. First Corinthians talks about not being a stumbling block for other people, mm-hmm. uh, the way you you live, the way you act, the way that you speak, different things like that. Uh, in the Bible, Paul talks about how eating meat in First Corinthians 8 mm-hmm. may cause someone from the background of a certain culture who is now a Christian to stumble. And he says, I will never eat meat again. And so the intention of modesty is always good. It's always mm-hmm. to make sure that we're guarding each other in Christ and, and not, you know, mm-hmm. tempting somebody but it makes i think it kind of it does have its drawbacks and it can have its negative effects kind of like what you were saying if it's not handled in the correct way does that make sense yeah it totally makes sense i feel like there is too much 
hands-on on other people's lives or how they dictate themselves. It's just too many, like, let me put these rules on you. Let me put these rules on you. But everyone's different. Everyone's body is different. So we shouldn't, I don't know, we shouldn't dictate so much. I feel like we should, or the church should be able to trust its members enough in how they view things. And you, and it's okay to correct people, definitely. Or like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not even like correct, but just be like, hey, just so you know. Or mm-hmm. like, let me try to help you. Or let me bring this to your attention. Maybe it's not brought to your attention yet. Um, which mm-hmm. I think is totally fine. But I feel like, I mean, the church says, if you're saved, we all have the same Holy Spirit, the same one that Jesus had. So we're mm-hmm. able to make faithful decisions about how we present ourselves in our bodies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like we all have different bodies. I think that the goal is similar, mm-hmm. but I think the execution can be lacking when it's not, and not, and catered is not the right word, but if it's not, if you're not mm-hmm. able to kind of be flexible with how you present it to different people. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the way that modesty may be like, taught or sometimes even corrected or in some situations even admonished towards you would be different than the way it's directed towards you know your roommate in college who was also part of the same campus ministry or your Mm -hmm. friend in high school that's a part of the same youth ministry um and Mm -hmm. then even from the things that you were told is modesty to the things that i was told that is modesty was, was pretty different. And I think the danger in that is when we just like say every time, like you got to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this without mm-hmm. the right heart. Then it creates this, Oh, well there's something wrong with my body. And I, this is something to be ashamed of rather mm-hmm. than like, Oh, Hey, this is my body. I can be okay with my body, but I just need to like do it in a way that like doesn't cause somebody else to stumble. But I think sometimes church can yep. miss that mark regardless of how good intention it might be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I just felt like in that time, my thought process was existing as I am was just sinful. Um, Mm. And yeah, that definitely damaging. (laughs) And then, yeah, just like feeling like everyone was looking or like demonizing men. Um, Like, oh my God, they're always looking. They're always struggling. That's not Mm -hmm. the case though. I don't believe it's the case. Men have just as much willpower as a woman, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And they should take responsibility as well. I felt like that was not taught, at least Mm. to the women, um, that men have ownership too over their struggles and that Mm -hmm. it's not just all put on us, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, speaking, and this is really interesting, because I'm able to get your perspective and the listeners are able to hear your perspective as a girl who has been taught a certain form of modesty. And then for my perspective as a guy who was able to be taught or who was taught a certain level of modesty, I think it's really good to be able to hear both sides of that. Like what were you taught versus what was I taught? Because mm-hmm. in my experience, it was always don't lust after people. Don't lust after girls. Don't linger your eyes on someone that you find attractive because then it becomes Mm -hmm. lustful because Mm -hmm. in Matthew, it talks about like, if you lust after somebody, you've already committed sin in your heart. Mm -hmm. And that was very beat into us. 
but it was always within the perspective of somebody outside the church. And maybe it was like this unspoken rule of like, oh, we already know we don't lust after the sisters. We already know that that's not an issue. Mm. Uh, but it was never like, that was always kind of like skipped over. If lusting after a girl in the campus ministry, and for the listeners who may not know, we, we would call the girls in our ministry sisters, the guys in the ministry brothers. So just clarification, if I say that, it's not like mm. some weird thing. <laughs> Actual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's important. But it it was kind of like, oh, we don't talk about lusting after the girls because that is an extra level of blah, 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 blah. But we were never mm-hmm. taught like in regards to how we look at the girls in our ministry. It was also kind of like this, like, oh, well, we have to guard the the girls' hearts as well with how we dress. And so I had my right. own issues that came from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting because it was never presented to us like, oh yeah, the brothers are they're okay. Or like, they're, they're also taking care of their side. It was never presented that way. It was like, Mm. we got to protect the brothers. It's all for them. Protect the guys, like make sure we're making a safe space for them, which I think is very nice. However, just the way that modesty was pushed on us was just, there's a better way for sure. Yeah, I think, I think so too. And we can get into that later about what is, what is a healthy way that could possibly Mm -hmm. be taught from a very young age? Because I think that's in high school, you know, you have those hormones and you have the, you're growing Mm -hmm. as a person in terms of your personality. And then even like anatomically with puberty, people are growing up and stuff like that. And so I think it's important to have a healthy way of bringing that discussion of modesty and of body image into a church culture that can be productive. Um, But for you, what were some ways that you remember that, even though there was good intention behind it, some of the modesty talks led to some some insecurities or some issues with with how you view yourself and, and your body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot. Let me see. Well, back when I was in the teen ministry, we were at a church conference. And I remember I was like walking around trying to find my friends. There were no like just teens around me. It was like everybody at church and I was walking around. And I just remember uh, one of the teen ministry leaders coming up to me and being like, hey, your legs are like really long and very noticeable. It, it was a woman, by the way, uh, really long, very noticeable. You need to go change your shorts because men are going to look at you and struggle. And I was 13 at the time. And in my mind back then, I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Um, I need to go find shorts so that I don't get talked to again. But thinking mm-hmm. back to that conversation, because that, that whole interaction really did stick with me because it made me, I think subconsciously, it made me feel like, oh my God, men or older men, especially. Because now I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to it. And I'm like, so you're saying that men, adult men, are looking at me, a child, <laughs> mm-hmm. with my legs because my shorts are too short. And I just mm-hmm. think back to that. And like, that is so twisted. Like, no, adult men have the willpower. It says in the Bible, like, take captive your thought and make it obedient to Christ. So if you Mm -hmm. are having 
that struggle um do that like hello yeah <laughs> yeah so that was that was one of the things and i feel like it did stick with me and make me just like i said hyper aware obsessive and even feel very shameful because i'm like wow me a child i'm at fault against adults you know mm -hmm. um so i did feel very shameful also I feel like there were many times that women would make comments on my body and that that is just no fun even if it felt like a compliment or if it sounded like a compliment there would be a lot of times where they're like wow you're really blessed in that area your your husband's gonna love it and i'm like that's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting i don't want to hear that um yeah or like oh wow your your chest is very large you got to work very hard to cover that up and mm -hmm. i'm like okay well god gave me them <laughs> like right. sorry or just feeling like apologetic for my body which i can't really change it or change how it's shaped you know right so there was that there was one time the teen ministry we had like a modesty fashion show which is just really cringy thinking about it now um yeah that sounds cringy it's so cringy and so like they had different like life hacks that they were showing us of how to be the most modest so i remember one one lady was like i like to wear my tank tops backwards because the back comes up really high and I'm like, looking back, I'm like, that looks stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are setting us up to be bullied at school. And I do remember getting straight up bullied because people are like, why are your shorts to your knees? And I'm like, dude, mm. I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to be God's favorite out here. Yeah. So that very cringy and very just, ugh. But yeah, being being talked to alone or like singled out though for how my body looked, that was probably the worst and probably what stuck with me the most. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's hard when it's something you can't control because then it's like, oh, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you. And then in most of church culture, especially mm -hmm. in the churches that we were a part of, it's kind of like there's always a solution to that issue. You know, like you struggle with pornography, you stop watching porn. You get blocks mm -hmm. on your on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it might be. There's a solution to it. You're mm -hmm. struggling with selfishness or not loving somebody. Well, then you make that extra effort to love others. You mm -hmm. go that extra mile to to give to one another. But with mm -hmm. things with the body and modesty at least from my perspective and from what it sounds like of what you're saying is that they treated it like it was any other type of sin that would quote unquote have a solution but there's no mm -hmm. solution to how your body is formed like if you're blessed exactly. in the chest you're blessed in the chest and there's nothing you can do to like or at least to a certain point to like suppress that mm -hmm. you know uh, i had a friend who is still in the church and he mm -hmm. just has very broad shoulders like he's always had super broad shoulders he was approached and the person that what that had approached him had said why are you mm -hmm. puffing out your chest so much hmm. he's like what are you talking about i'm just walking <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just existing my guy 
And the guy was like, you need to stop puffing out your chest so much. You need to stop, you know, puffing out your shoulders and, and, and things like that. Like, it seems prideful. It seems arrogant. It seems like you're trying to show off this certain body part or whatever. And the guy, and my friend was like, no, this is just who I am. And, and it really does. And he remembers that like 10 years on and that stuff mm-hmm. really does stick with you. And it's like, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't fix this. There must be something innately sinful about the way my body is structured, even though it was God that structured my body. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's just crazy. Yeah, it was. I, and I don't, I don't know. And, and just personally, I remember that when I was at a church camp once, I can't remember if I was a camper or a counselor, but I remember that I had my sleeves rolled up. It was just a normal t-shirt and I had my sleeves rolled Mm -hmm. up. And somebody told me to roll my sleeves back down. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like 90 degrees out here. There's not a cloud in yeah. sight. That, that camp was hot every single time. Like yes, I went there in August once or like, you know, like closer to the fall time. And I was like, this is, this is ungodly. This is just the desert right now. This is hell. <laughs> this is Honestly. hell. This is a church camp <laughs> in hell. <laughs> it was so hot there every time. The, yeah. the grass like was always dead. It wasn't anybody's yeah. fault. It was just the heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, but I remember thinking it's really hot and they're telling me to roll down my sleeves. And I remember asking why. And they said, you got to cover up, you know, shoulder muscles, arm muscles, whatever it is. Uh, and I was like, these are just my muscles, <laughs> you know? And then, and, and I remember looking around to another counselor who also had actually he had like a tank top on like a full tank top on so like mm-hmm. it wasn't just his shoulders but you could like see his collarbone you could see you know like just like a normal like mm-hmm. undershirt tank top and i was like well what a, what about him like what is why is he okay doing this and it was just like it's just because you know the the way the way that you are you work out you're healthy you look good you look fit and it was like this like roundabout compliment that was still like but now there's something wrong with you because you've chased after physical fitness right you, know, you need to you need to cover up more than somebody else and it felt like my love for working out ended up being sinful because now i have to suffer being hot at a at you know 100 degree weather or whatever yeah yeah. Um, for the sake of other people where I, I remember having the same thought that you had mentioned already, where it's like, there has to be some form of ownership, right? Girls aren't, I don't like walk into a room and then the whole room goes silent and the girls are like, his shoulders, Never. you know, like no, <laughs> nobody, nobody cares about me that much. You know, if anybody's paying attention to my shoulders, it's me because I look at my shoulders compared to like another dude who's working out and I'm like, Oh, my shoulders need to get better. Like nobody, nobody's paying attention to me when I roll up my sleeves. Uh, as much as like when I was in high school, I was like, Oh, I hope somebody notices me. Like nobody, nobody cares. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, but it did feel like there was something wrong with me because of that. And that's something that actually stuck with me too. So I can relate in that regard. And I'm sure, you know, you as listeners, maybe that there's something in your mind that you can relate to as well, where something was good intentioned, but the way it was executed, it just made you feel like there's something wrong with you, even though you can't change it. Honestly, that just made me think of something so traumatic. I luckily didn't go through it, but, um, so at church we would have like dances or like proms in the summer. Mm -hmm. 
just for I guess they they did them because they were fun but in case people didn't want to go to their school prom they could go to church prom and know that everything Mm -hmm. was fine and pure and good um Mm -hmm. but I remember one year the teen leaders uh like the ministry leaders for the teens they were like okay ladies if we see any of you with straps that are too thin on your dress we're gonna give you a sweatshirt to wear throughout the night and i (laughs) even back then i was furious i was like how in the world are you gonna just ruin someone's night by making them wear an ugly sweatshirt for the whole night just because of their straps Mm -hmm. like and it was such a hassle. I even talked to my mom about it now. Like, I'm like, mom, remember when you had the sew on straps for literally every dress that I wore to team prom? Oh, wow. Yes. And she was like, yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Cause we had to like <laughs> make them thick. They couldn't be like two fingers width. It had to be like right. a whole hand. <laughs> like It was ridiculous. And then like sewing them and making sure the colors match, like it was Mm. so much work. And it's not even like the work was applauded at the end of the night. Like nobody was Mm. like, hey, you look beautiful. Your date definitely didn't say that. They were nervous little boys. Of course, they're not gonna say that. Like- Right, you couldn't really compliment anyway. No, you couldn't. So it was just crazy. I think about that all the time and I'm like that, is awful that is crossing the line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think what's important is that once again to our listeners is that we're not necessarily saying that modesty is wrong we're not saying that everybody should just join like a nudist commune and you know guard your own eyes because you know whatever like we're, we're not saying that at all but what we are saying is that modesty even though they do mean so well and obviously care is taken to like try to the measurements of like we should be careful about short length we should be careful about Mm -hmm. dress style we should be careful about all these different things i think those within themselves are great intentions and great ideas but the point of this podcast is to talk about how sometimes those good ideas and those good intentions can lead to damaging lasting effects of how someone views their own body Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, can you share with us, Olivia, some ways that the church's good intentions about modesty carried into your life past high school and mm-hmm. even past even now being outside of the church? What are some of those those body image struggles that still stay with you? Right. Um, yeah, the standard of modesty that I was taught definitely stuck with me um, all throughout college, obviously, because it was still taught that way in college. Um, But even through my like adult, young adult life, um, it took me a very, 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 very long time to start wearing what I actually wanted to wear without feeling guilty, um, shameful, like everything every man was looking at me or like scared about it. It took me a very long time. Probably the beginning of 2020 is actually when I started to wear what I wanted to wear. Right. Just in time to stay indoors forever. (laughs) 
I know for real. <laughs> Gosh, darn 2020. So yeah, I, it took me a very, very long time. Um, for the longest time I would still only buy my shorts or yeah, I would buy pants like jeans from Goodwill. And then I would cut them myself so that I could cut them at the appropriate length or, mm -hmm. or the length that's like just, just below like what might be like a cuter short length, if that makes sense. But yeah, it, it took me a very long time. And then, you know, my hyper awareness of certain areas of my body. So like my chest, I am probably still pretty hyper aware of it. Um, mm -hmm. I try not to wear anything that cuts too low. It took me a very long time not to be ashamed of that part of my body um, mm -hmm. or ashamed of, oh, if my shirt, if my tank top falls down a little low and I have a little bit of cleavage, I would feel so overwhelmingly shameful about it and just like, oh man, I messed up. Oh man, I'm the worst. Like, oh, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So yeah, that, that definitely stuck with me. So. And then of course, just like feeling like eyes are on me if I'm not dressed super modestly, uh, that stuck with me. Oh, another thing that did, that is just a very weird thing is what purses I wear, um, mm. which sounds ridiculous because it is. But yeah, I just grew up like at church. They we weren't allowed to wear like crossbody bags um, because the strap would go in between our boobs, and you could tell that we had boobs. So yeah, even even now, I'm like, oh, it's a crossbody. Yeah, no. So do you have to remind yourself, or how how I guess aware are you of that struggle? Because something that you and I had talked about prior meeting before this podcast was that going to hangouts with friends outside of church culture, you know, where yeah. modesty wasn't a, a hot button issue, you know, in most cultures where you go to party in the United States, it's kind of like, wear whatever you want. If you want attention, mm -hmm. wear something a little skimpier, you know, and even friends mm -hmm. encourage less modest attire. So for you, how aware were you like going out to parties and, yeah. and just your, your body image stuff that had carried over from church? Right. So for the longest time during my party phase, I had a party phase and now I am out of it and I just like to chill at home. Mm -hmm. uh, every now and then I like to go out. But during my party phase, I would go out and still wear my Goodwill handmade shorts and probably like a t-shirt that was maybe a little more fitting than usual. But I would go out with my friends and just notice like, they're all looking so dang hot. And I'm like, <laughs> so dang not. And I'm like, dang, I'm missing out on like feeling really, really good. Cause I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel good about myself. I would just feel hidden. And mm -hmm. even in that, I feel like it subconsciously made me wanna hide even my true personality because I just, I just felt so out of place. And so like, I wasn't, I was almost doing what I wanted to do, but not mm -hmm. quite. And I do remember the first time I went out and I, I went shopping for like things that I actually wanted to wear. And I felt so, so scared. Like I was like, Oh no, I don't know why. Like it in my brain at that point, I hadn't even been thinking like, Oh my God, I'm sinning. Cause I, 
I wasn't. And I'm very much not concerned about that in my life nowadays. But I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like shame and doom for like at least an hour, like after buying it. Like I was just like, oh God, like what I do, like (laughs) this is wrong. I shouldn't like, oh no, just feeling so shameful about it. Um, But then I wore that outfit on my night out and I felt so great. I was Mm -hmm. just like, wow, like I'm wearing a crop top because I can and because I Mm -hmm. love my body. I'm wearing shorts, the length that doesn't look ridiculous. <laughs> and I feel great <laughs> and I feel free and I'm not sweating. I just felt great. I, for the first time, I felt like, wow, I actually, I don't have to hyper focus on my body. I even felt like less focused on it just because I mm-hmm. felt good. I was getting compliments. Like I felt very free in that moment. Um, mm. And now, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't still struggle with being hyper aware or feeling iffy about a crop top or a low cut shirt like I definitely sometimes have my days where I'm like uh uh I don't know yeah feeling shame for a split second but I feel like nowadays I just I look at it as like expressing myself and loving myself even as well uh enough Mm. to like show it off you know yeah and it's great that you were able to kind of find victory through that. I imagine when you were talking about buying something and feeling guilty about it, like it just kind of like sat on the end of your bed in the bag and you're just kind of like staring at it in like silence yeah. for a couple of minutes and just being like, oh no, what is God's looking? Yep. Yep. Because I think I felt that in different ways, not necessarily with body image, but mm-hmm. when you've been conditioned to think of life in a certain way, whether it's modesty or drugs or alcohol or mm-hmm. um trying to think of other things even when you think about the lgbtq plus community mm-hmm. you know there's certain stigmas that the church has and then when you start to change your own way of thinking about it whether it's because you know you didn't necessarily agree with that in the first place or this is something you're becoming more and more comfortable with as you venture mm-hmm. off and decide what you really enjoy as a human being there is that sense of dread where it's like, oh, if I, if I partake in this, I know I'll enjoy it. But the whole time I'm also feeling really guilty. Yeah. Uh, but it's fantastic that you were able to find victory and, and come out of that in a way that makes you really confident, not just in like the purchases that you make, you know, with clothing and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. also with your own body. Like it's, I'm sure it must feel good to finally be like, yeah, this is my body. This, it is what it is. And I'm not afraid Mm -hmm. to quote unquote, show it off. Like I'm not going to feel sinful or shameful because this Mm -hmm. is because I'm presenting myself as I am basically. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like I am more than how my body looks as well. Exactly. I feel like I'm, I'm just able to present who I am better when I'm not oh, let me make sure I'm covered up or like, ooh, who's looking at me? Like my thoughts aren't consumed with that because I'm just out living my best life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as we were talking earlier, it's not necessarily the church's fault that people can struggle with body image issues, like thinking that, oh no, I'm too too blessed in the chest, so to speak, or (laughs) I'm too, like my legs are too long and stuff like that. But it can lead to 
to some type of damage. So I think something that would be good for us to, to discuss and to get the listeners thinking about and hopefully talking about as well is, in your opinion, Olivia, how can we create a culture that can talk about modesty in a healthy way that doesn't lead to body shaming? I feel like there is so much potential in the scriptures with how church teaches, especially the youth. I feel like it definitely needs to start in the youth. It can definitely be like an adult conversation as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like just thinking of myself as a teen, it would have been so helpful to start the conversation viewed as self-love rather than modesty, modesty, covering yourself, helping other people, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just feel like we need to focus on self-love first. Mm. And the scripture that I think about is Psalm 139, 13, where it talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted in our mother's womb. I feel like that scripture is used so much, so much, almost to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of hearing it um, (laughs) because people will just say it, but then there's no conversation behind it. You know, it's kind of just a scripture to tell someone to make them feel better. And I remember being told that scripture so much anytime I was open about my eating disorder in high school. Like people love to give me that scripture. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I don't feel this way. And I don't know how, how I can view myself in this way. So I feel like teaching the youth, teaching people, whoever, about how we can love ourselves, how we can view ourselves the way God views us is very important. So whether it's the fearfully, wonderfully made scripture, or even the scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, talking about how our body is a temple and how we can honor God with our body. And I feel like that we can even go further with that and say, let's honor God with our thoughts. Very important. So our thoughts about our own body. Mm-hmm. So self-love for sure. And then you could get into talking about modesty, honoring God with, with our bodies of how we present them. And I think along with all of that as well, um, and this is probably a podcast coming up, but talking about sexual sexuality as well, um, mm-hmm. just because it's definitely a spectrum, whether you believe that or not, I definitely feel like it is. Um, whether you're all the way over on like the left side or all the way over on the right side, uh, it's still a spectrum, and I feel like it needs to be talked about, as well as consent. I feel like consent is actually a big part of like how we view ourselves and how we view other people um, in a body sense or just an overall sense. But yeah, there's a lot a lot of potential and I have faith that the church will get better with how they speak about things. I even see like in the media right now, like there is a lot about self-love. So I definitely feel like it's possible. Yeah, I think so too. I think at least from what I've seen from church cultures and even the churches that you and I were a part of, there has been a certain slow, but Mm -hmm apparent shift towards how can we handle things in a healthier way? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we be less quick to condemn and more quick to understand and to love and to learn, I think is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
before we execute whatever it is that we're going to do as a church culture or whatever we believe as a church culture. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you said really stuck with me is, is that there has to be an equal parts. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. Your body was designed by God. You are who you are because of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. And I think when church leaders can teach that first, then there's that reinforcement when the correction comes in. Mm-hmm. Because not only because then your first thought doesn't go to, or there's there's something wrong with my body, and that's why other people are struggling. It's no, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but sin is still out there. Let me do my best to block it where I can. Exactly. Rather than just you're wrong, your body's wrong. How dare you be better, change this thing about you, even though you can't. And I think a scripture that I've heard kind of circulated around modesty in the church that may be misconstrued in a way that doesn't help people quite understand modesty, despite how it's used, is 1 Timothy mm-hmm. 2, 9 and 10, which says, I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. And I, from what I've heard from different conversations I've had from girls that are still in the church or even outside of the church is that there's a big focus on like, okay, no elaborate hairstyles, no gold, Mm. no pearls, no expensive Mm. clothes. And it's kind of like there's this hard line in the sand of like, you can't have this because that's not what God wants. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. He's saying that those can't be the only things that you adorn yourself with. Yes. And that's so important is like, yes, have decency, have modesty, have propriety. You can, you can wear these things, but make sure the overarching things that you're, you're wearing in terms of modesty is mm-hmm. good deeds that show that you worship God and that you're going to help other people worship God as well. Even if that means wearing certain clothes to, to even prevent the possibility of of somebody's eyes wandering, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well said. I think when we start to understand that and when church cultures start to understand that we have to learn to love ourselves first and love how God created us first, then we can begin the conversations of how, Can I use the body that God has made, which is good in and of itself, regardless of chest size, regardless of leg length, regardless of muscle size, bone structure, Mm -hmm. jawline, because apparently that's a thing. Uh, (laughs) I don't have it, but apparently it's a thing. Then we can really start moving towards how can we guard one another in a way that is godly or or help one Mm -hmm. another in a way that does have to do with the way we dress or the way we present ourselves. Yes. I big time agree. So (laughs) true. (laughs) Uh, So on the other side of that though, because even though we are moving towards that reality, which is fantastic, Mm -hmm. the church still isn't there yet. And there's still people who are dealing with the negative effects of modesty talks and that begin to hate the way that they look or think that the way that they look is sinful. Right. 
And you've already shared so much of your story, which has been really helpful, I think, for me to understand that perspective, but also for listeners who may be going through the same things. And so the next advice question that I have for you is what would be some words of encouragement or advice that you could give to someone who does have those type of struggling thoughts of who Mm -hmm. maybe hate themselves for the way that they look simply because they think that the way that they are and the way that God has created them or the way that they were born will cause somebody to sin. What would be your advice to them? Yeah, I think one big thing that I would constantly have to tell myself and something that you'll constantly have to remind yourself is that you are more than your body. Like Mm. you are way more than your body. The Bible even talks about like us being beings beyond our flesh, you know? Um, And I think that that is something that you really need to tell yourself every day. Um, I'm more than my body. People don't love me because my body looks a certain way. They love me because I have an awesome personality. I bring a lot to the table. I'm a hard worker. Like, I think there, there is more to love about yourself in your heart, in your soul, than just what you look like on the outside. Um, Mm. and there, there there's a lot of work to be done with self-love. Like it's definitely not an overnight thing. It's not just a mind mindset change that can be done quickly. You definitely have to work at it and you definitely have to want it as well. But for me personally, I just every day would either look in the mirror or journal about it, positive affirmations towards myself. Something I tell people a lot if they ever seek advice from me, I'm like, Every day, pick three things that you love about yourself. They can be physical. They don't have to be physical. Just three things. And I've done that for quite a long time, probably since high school, every day. Now, a little looser. I don't like write them down, but I do try to think about it every day. And honestly, it helps a whole lot. It really helps you to feel reassured um, because, you know, you're not going to always receive reassurance from people. You kind of have to be your number one or even for the Christians out there listening, like God has to be your number one where you get your reassurance from. So whether it's looking at scriptures that reassure you that you're amazing, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're right where you're supposed to be or like telling yourself that definitely super important. And just like, I don't know, sometimes I just got to be like, Olivia, let go and just enjoy life. There's so much life to be lived if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. especially in these times of 2020, COVID, all the craziness that's going on. There's so much life that we need to live. We don't want to miss out on all all of the good things, you know? Yeah. Tomorrow's not promised, so live it up today. But yeah, that, that would be my advice to anyone who's struggling with body image issues. That's fantastic. I don't know how deep my struggles with body image goes. And I don't think it's from the church. I think there's some kind of what you were saying. It's like not the Mm -hmm. church overtly put this in my mind, Mm -hmm. but I think some of the, the rules of modesty kind of perpetuated them. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, my image is just always like, it's a deeper, deeper issue of like, I'm never satisfied with how my body looks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if I ever like got the, essential muscles and definition and stuff, you know, that, you know, it's like the peak of what society views as manhood, I would still be like, nah, 
I still got this body fat. Or I'd like find like, you know, like <laughs> it's not even body fat. It's like loose skin. And I would like pull that yeah. and be like, oh, look, fat. And I would like obsess over that for until that was gone until I was just basically nothing, I guess. <laughs> nothing but one muscle, just a big muscle. <laughs> just a big muscle. Just a big muscle, just a lump of muscle. It's like a, just a potato, like a big potato sitting on a, on the couch, but it's just like a muscle. And you're like, oh yeah, that's Ew, gone. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> But I think even then I wouldn't be satisfied. I'd be like, what about my other muscles? I'm just one muscle. <laughs> so, but I think what you're saying is correct is that, you know, even if you don't believe in God, but you have struggles with, with viewing yourself and being confident in your own body. Mm-hmm. One, it's really important to understand where that comes from. We've been mm-hmm. talking a lot how, about how it can come from our own minds. And then sometimes it comes from church you know, the good intention rules of mm-hmm. modesty. Sometimes that, that brings up body image issues, but it really is important to understand ground zero, to understand the root mm-hmm. of, of why you're unhappy with the way that you look. And then like Olivia said, just positive affirmations. A lot of it is going to have to come from within mm-hmm. because if you struggle with body image issues and if you're like me and you don't, you're not actively pursuing an, a relationship with God you're probably getting your affirmation from other people and compliments from other people. But once those compliments stop, it's like, where, where's, where do I go from here? Like I need mm-hmm. those affirmations again, but you need to find it within yourself. So it's got to start within you. You got to go after it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. those, those three things a day is super helpful. Um, you're not alone with body image issues. I struggle with it. Olivia struggles with it. They may be different, but you know, we're all kind of in the same boat when it comes to, to that stuff. And so we're both here to hear, hear your stories. If you want to message us, if you want to contact mm-hmm. us, if you want to hear a little bit more about Olivia's story, what's helped her, maybe she has some resources that she could help you with or different, different tips for everyday living, like journaling those three things a day. That was fantastic. Uh, Olivia, mm-hmm. if they do want to get in contact with you and, and just learn a little bit more or have you be that safe space for them, be that support, where can they find you? You can find me at my Instagram, which is at loca with two A's. So L-O-C-A-A live L-I-V. So loca live on Instagram. And feel free to slide in my DMs, ask me questions, or if you're just open to have a deep conversation, I'm always down for that. Yeah, and I'll put that in the information on the Instagram page for this podcast. I'll put it on the information for the Facebook page for this podcast. If you're not following that, what are you doing? Go give it a like. What are you doing? Go, go. follow it. Go do it go right follow. after this. Go. Wait, keep listening to the episode. But right after this, go do it. Before you start another one, <laughs> go look that up. You, you can see where to contact Olivia, where to contact me. Uh, we're both here to be open spaces for you. And to continue to create these conversations of bridging the gap between this is church culture, this is not church culture, but this is this is a concept of how we can all grow together and learn from each other and love each other and accept each other mm-hmm. through the topic, which was today, body image. Um, once again, Olivia, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for taking the time to be here and, and be vulnerable with us and share your story. Yeah, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. And for you guys that are listening, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.